0: I just want to explain a little bit uh, where we're going this morning. We're going to talk uh, about the the vision, the mission, and the purpose of Jefferson Baptist Church. Uh, It's going to go right alongside um, our uh, vision meeting that's going to take place right after this church. Uh, Our vision meeting is going to give a whole bunch of logistics. Um, I'm going to give our mission statement, our purpose statement, and our vision statement right here, right now, before I give you all these financial logistics and how we function and all those things. So If you want logistics, that's next hour. Um, but right now, we're going to take the whole service uh, to give our vision statement. Next week, I'm going to start a series, um, Saul, and uh, and I'm going to talk even more about that during our vision meeting right after this service, about where we'll be going, um, kind of in the preaching ministry uh, that takes place there. So, vision. If you are going to put a vision statement together, which I've been a part of many. The first thing you do, because it, it doesn't take just, you just don't do it in one hour. You don't just do it in one day. You you, you throw out meat and then you brainstorm with multiple people and they come back to put this vision statement together. I've been part of them in youth correction facility. I started Oak Creek. All right, we're going to do a vision statement. It's a huge, huge process. When I was a youth pastor, it was a huge process to put my vision statement. Worked out with Reach Out Expeditions and put a mission statement there. It's a huge process to do a mission statement. So the first thing you do is you define a mission statement and then you Put the mission statement after the definition is given. So we wanna define the mission statement. Number one, a mission statement is about what you do and for whom. And then you give that to a group of people and then, okay, now I want you to think about what we're gonna do, who we're gonna do for whom, I want you to get these answers and then I want you to put words together, rich words, because they have gotta be short, they have gotta be sharp, to put together as one statement. Now, I don't know what everybody else does when they're sent home to figure out how to write a mission statement. But this is what I did. I cheat. <laughs> I go to Amazon, and I say, what's the Amazon's mission statement? And I'd read Amazon's mission statement. Why? Because they've made billions. And then they have this, this sharp phrase, Apple. Of course, you look at Apple's statement. You look at Google's statement, these are these are their mission statements of you're looking at, and they give these short, sharp phrases of what their mission statement is to communicate who they are and where they're going. And then you just tweak it just a little bit. <laughs> and then you go back to the group and you act really smart. You just tweaked it a little bit, you know, and it was saying, that's how I'm sorry, that's just how I, I do it. So when it comes to writing a mission statement for a church. Well, yeah, I do it with them, but then you go to churches. Oh, here's a growing church. Here's a booming church. You look at all the United States; these booming churches. What do you do? You read their mission statement. It's like, okay, well, let's look at that, and let's let's just okay, ooh, oh, ooh, that one. Ooh, that one looks good. That one looks good. That one looks good. Okay, I could tweak that one to make sure that it is looks really present. That we're good. We're on track with you know large churches, you know, in, in, in those things. So, so that's how you do the research. Sorry, that's how I do research. Cheap found a mission statement that has written 2,000 years ago that's lasted its time. Uh, It's written by the word of God. And I look at it and say, okay, I got to (laughs) cheat. How do I, how do I, you know, manipulate it a little bit to make it sound really good? Because I think it's the best mission statement on the planet. So I looked at it and getting ready to Cheat, and by the way, at cheating, you got to change the words a little bit. I'm like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. this is the word of God. <laughs> I can't cheat on this mission statement that I have found in the Bible. So then I say, Was well, it legal to just plagiarize the whole thing? <laughs> just, just write it down. Is that legal? And you know what it is? It is legal as long as you give the author after you say it. So, this is Jefferson Baptist Church's mission statement, and I'll be legal saying it because I'll give the author when it's done. Our mission statement, Jefferson Baptist Church, is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, author, God. <laughs> it's the best one on the planet, I mean, I, and yes, did you steal it? I stole it, 100%, we stole it, 100% but it's the one that's changed the world. We don't need to rewrite that. I mean, if Google's got a good one, I bet they tracked it off that. Think of the definition. A mission statement is about what you do. What's the two words? Make disciples. It's about who do you do it to who? Of all nations. Just those first two statements. I should probably give reference and read it. Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen. Go, therefore. Sorry, I didn't put therefore. We just we didn't put the therefore. We just put make disciples. It's the same thing. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, what is the word disciple? That's that's the word that's just, that's the word that's pushing this whole movement. That's going to be the word that's going to be pushing this whole church. This word disciple. When you look at this word disciple, it's, it's a follower. Now, John the Baptist had disciples. John the Baptist was a teacher. And people followed him. They called him John the Baptist disciples. And those people were following John the Baptist. Jesus had disciples. Who were they? They were people who followed Jesus. Now, it sounds pretty cool. Many people have disciples, but there's something different about being a follower of Jesus. (laughs) Something a little bit different about being a follower of Jesus than than anybody else. And, And the reason why is because who is Jesus? Jesus left heaven, Jesus came to earth. He lived a perfect life, the life that every single one of us should live. And we didn't live it. He did. Lived a perfect life. Therefore, he was a perfect sacrifice to wash our sins away. So he went to the cross, paying the price that he did not deserve, but I actually deserve. He died there on the cross, proven death because they put him in the grave for three days. And when he's in the grave for three days, he rose Again. And he is a lie. God did that for me. And if I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, I am, and he's listening to these words, I am saved (laughs) as a result of that. I am saved. That's what I'm following. I was once lost but now I'm found. I was once dead, but now I am alive. I once did not have a father, but now I have a father. Everything as a result of what Jesus has done at that cross has defined me as a completely new individual if I believe in him. Completely define me as a new individual as a result of accepting him as my Savior. In fact, everything about you just changes if you follow something like that. Mission statement makes another word that is said there that kind of gives a thrust to our mission statement. It says, make disciples of all nations. And then they give this word baptizing. What does is, what is baptizing mean? Baptizing means immersion. It means to dip under. In, in the Old Testament, or in the New Testament, you, they had a, a, the concept of baptismos from the Greek. They had the concept of, of how you do baptismal is it, You don't dip under water necessarily. You actually dip under dye. It was the concept that when you want to dye your clothes, you have a vat that's full of ink, and you take the clothes... That is one color, because you want to color them, which is plain and and blah, and then you dump them into the vat, baptize them, baptismal, and you lift it back up, and it comes up a different color. Why? By emerging it into the ink, and then coming up a different color. So make disciples of all nations, merge them into the Holy Spirit, immersion into the Father, immersion into the Son, immersion into the Holy Spirit, immersion into God, and you know what's gonna take place? Gonna come up a different color. Come up changed. As a result of what? Oh, it's a result of following Jesus. That's what a, a disciple is. I've I've taken Christ. And after taking Christ, every aspect of my entire life is in a movement that's going a different direction than it's ever gone before as a result of taking Christ. It was noticed in the New Testament, the book of Acts, I love this passage right here, because the disciples of Jesus are being observed by crowds. They're like, okay, these disciples of Jesus, what do they look like? This is the observation that people are having, Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men they were astonished. And then they recognized they had been with Jesus. You know, just, just say that the way it, it really says. Peter and John are uneducated, stupid individuals <laughs> that shouldn't amount to absolutely anything on this planet. And this word says they are common, meaning they're just like everybody else, but they're shocked now that they're observing them. And when they're completely and entirely shocked that they're observing them, they ask the question, why are they like that? And the answer they came up with, they've just been hanging around Jesus. That's all they do. They've just been hanging around Jesus. And all of a sudden, things start to change because they're just hanging around Jesus. So here's Jefferson Baptist mission statement. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We want to give you Jesus. We want to give you Jesus, all of him. Not just, oh, I'm going to believe in him and that's, that's it. No, we want to give you Jesus. We want to give you the ramifications of who he is. That's why we come back every weekend is to open the book and say, what does Jesus look like? Who is he? What have I accepted in my heart? How big is it? That I accepted into my heart. I remember when I first uh, um, felt like I was being called into ministry. Um, I was I was nervous, and I was talking to a very wise person. I was like, "I think I'm, I'm really feel being called into to ministry, and and I feel like God's tugging on my heart with it." And he, he says, "Okay, well maybe we should follow that call." I said, well, "He says, what's the problem?" I said, "There's." Lots of problems. he goes, well, what's your biggest one? And I said, the biggest problem I have is that I don't have any brains. (laughs) I don't. I have to stand in front of people with no brains. And he was nice to me. He says, you know what? You don't need any brains. All you need to do is say what it says. Just say what it says. I mean, mean, you're telling me all I have to do is to take this. And say it again? He said, yeah, just just take the Bible and say it again. So you're telling me I can make a career out of taking the Bible and saying it again? He said, Mike, if you take the Bible and say it again, you'll change the world. Because there's no power in your brains. But there's power in his. When you open up the word of God, it opens up his heart, it opens up his mind, it opens up his thoughts. It opens up everything. So when you're looking at the mission of Jefferson Baptist Church, it's one mission. I will make disciples of all nations and I will give you Jesus. And prayerfully, you're not listening to me a lot. Prayerfully, you're just hearing it. Prayerfully, you're just hearing it. What's our purpose? I'm sorry, I want to stick with our mission one more time. A little bit more with our mission. That mission goes inside of everything that we do. The mission statement goes inside of everything we do. And the reason why it goes inside everything we do is because that is what makes us, that's what builds us, that's what sends us, that's what drives us, and that's what moves us. Therefore, when the word of God is preached, the object is to make disciples of all nations by baptizing them. If we're not giving you Jesus, which you hear every single message, here is Jesus, here is the gospel, I prayerfully you hear it every single message, then we're not doing our job. It comes in the preaching. It comes into the mood of worship. When people are coming, the worship team comes up here and starts to, to sing. you know what we say? Act like you're saved. <laughs> Rock and roll. I was once lost, but now I found I was dead. But now, I mean, let's sing with a joyful heart. We live in a dying world, and here we are, Jefferson Baptist Church. So many of us are saved. Yeah, I've got to act like it. You know, people are gonna walk in these doors as well when they walk into the doors. They might not know Jesus, but they need to know that we have them. And therefore the smiles are on our faces in every aspect of our church comes to the mood, the behavior, the teaching. Everything comes from making the disciples of all nations. Now we'll move to the purpose. Number two. Purpose statement provides the reason for your existence. Remember, if you write a purpose statement or a mission statement, you have to define it. That is the definition. So we'll ask the question, what is the purpose of Jefferson Baptist Church's existence? Well, what do we do? you steal it. It <laughs> worked last time. We'll steal it again. JBC's purpose statement is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your mind, and love others as yourself. That's the reason we exist. That is the reason we exist. Stole it from Matthew twenty-two, thirty-six. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? The test in Jesus, trying to figure out, you know, what's the most important thing you can do in the law? Here's Jesus' statement. He said, you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, this is the great and first commandment. And the second is just like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law in the prophets. Read the whole Testament. How many have gotten confused reading the whole Testament? <laughs> it can get confusing. Well, let me tell you what it's about. <laughs> love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love others as yourself. That's the tip of the sword. According to that verse. So, if we, if we do that, we've found the reason for our existence. If we do that, we can understand the reason for our existence. That's why it's the purpose statement of Jefferson Baptist Church. Yes, it's stolen right from the Word of God, but we have to understand why we exist. This is why we exist. And then we'll ask the question well, how do you love God? Because we want to be very clear, because we want to be challenged on our mission statement, we want to we do it right. How do you love God? Here's a couple of things that we're just kind of expecting and everybody does in church. Number one is read the word every day, every day, every day. Read the word, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. If you come, I don't want to offend anybody, but if you come to church and the only words you get is on Sunday morning, Jefferson Baptist Church is not doing their job. Because Sunday morning is just to point you to the words of God. Because there's no brains up here, and we all know it. But there's brains here. And you get to open it up and look at it every single day and say, whoa. This is what carries the power. A.W. Tozer said, the Holy Spirit can leave many churches and the church will never even know it. The Holy Spirit here? Is the Holy Spirit, there? Is the Holy Spirit here in my, in, in my life, well, I don't know, listen to him. Open up the word let him talk to you. Because <laughs> he wants to say something. So we're just expecting in Jefferson Baptist Church, everybody reads the word. That's just kind of what we're thinking that happens. And yes, you'll get it preaching consistently. Yeah, read the word, read the word, read the word, read the word. Because this is where your life's at. Pray is another one. How do I love God? You got to talk to him. You have to talk to him. He has to talk to you, you have to talk to us. Prayer life is a consistent thing that we're thinking everybody's doing. Every single morning, you're waking up, you're praying, you're talking to God. Corporate prayer, come together as a body. This is how you love them. Come together as a body. God, we're showing up here as a body for one reason, it's because we love you. We're showing up here for one reason, it's because we love you and we wanna talk to you. And what do we wanna talk to you about? We also wanna talk to you, get to know you, and we wanna for the effectiveness of them. See, love God and love people. It's a thrust of corporate prayer. Let's take a place tomorrow, 5 a.m. Probably about 50 people show up. Corporate prayer, 5 a.m., five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Take a little bit of afternoon off, and we start again, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 tonight. And we do that all week. Why? It's because we need to love God. That's it. We don't need to do because we're supposed to do it. No, we need to love God as a body, as a corporate body. And prayer is a step towards it. Worship. You look at worship, worship in spirit, in truth. You know, you look at truth. Truth is the way it is. But when you look at the way it is, what does it do? It makes you alive. (laughs) So I'm going to come here and I'm going to look at the way it is. I'm going to worship in that truth the way it is. And all of a sudden, I'm going to sing out of control. Why? Because it makes me alive. You worship in spirit, or you worship in—I'm going to go backwards. You worship in truth, and then spirit, spirit, and then truth. Those come together. That's our relationship with God. The time in His presence, not with all these people around us. Just sit with God. That's it. Absolute devotion. My wife would not be married to me if I had a whole bunch of girlfriends. Just the way it is. <laughs> she wants absolute devotion. Is is she uh, um, wrong for wanting absolute devotion? No, it's common sense. You want absolute devotion because that's the richness of love. same way God's working. That's why you have absolute devotion. I don't love the world or anything in the world, but love me. Is where the Scripture goes. Repent, repent is one of the greatest steps of relationship you can possibly have with God. I mean, what is repentance? Repentance is I have sinned and I should not talk to you. (laughs) That's what that means. I have sinned and God, I should not talk to you. It's almost like I have sinned and what I did actually deserved hell. I should actually go that direction instead of this direction. But then God's given us a powerful commandment, repent. Why does he say repent? Because if I shouldn't talk to him and I make a statement to talk to him and say, I'm sorry, then he gets a shower of Father's love all over my heart. That's the most beautiful thing in the world. You want a relationship with God? Repent. Because when you repent, it's like my sins have been washed away. It's a statement that I want a relationship with you. And here you are sinning, breaking that relationship. And as a result, you want to go this way? No, repent, come back to me and let me shower grace on you. And I'll do it again and again and again so you can see who I am. He does it again and again and again in the Bible. He'll do it again and again and again to you and you will grow a relationship with God. That's you have a relationship with God? Obedience, service, just some basic things. That we're just thinking everybody's doing Jefferson Baptist because we're gonna make disciples of all nations the reason for our existence is to love God and love others. This is what we do. The next half is to love others. So we do want to ask the question, how do we love others? Before even ask the question, how do we want to love others? I'll ask the question, is it really important to love others? I mean, I mean is, it, is it that important? I mean, we got the first half. The first half, it's really important to love God because he's the one that saves us. But is it really important to love others? Well, let's see what God says about it. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels... Let me reword that. If Jefferson Baptist Church speaks in tongues of men and of angels, but they do not have love, Jefferson Baptist Church is nothing but a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if Jefferson Baptist Church has prophetic powers and understands all mysteries, and Jefferson Baptist Church has all knowledge, and if Jefferson Baptist Church has all faith, so to remove even mountains and change the world... But Jefferson Baptist Church does not have love, then they have nothing. <laughs> it's kind of rough statements. If I give, Jefferson Baptist Church gives away all they have, and if they deliver up my body to be burned, but they do not have love, Jefferson Baptist Church has gained oh, Ooh, you read something like that. It's like, (laughs) we better watch out. Ask the question, do we have love? And if we don't, well, what is it? Tell us. Well, it continues. This is what it is. Love is patient. It's kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice, wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth of bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails? Is that the mark of us would be the question? It's our purpose and a reason for existence. So is it the mark of us? And if it's not, maybe we should look at it and we, we evaluate it to see if it's, it's the mark of us. So yeah, you see a list. Yeah, I know, it's plagiarized again. <laughs> you just take the list. You just, you, just, you just reword it. And the first one is what? Be patient. <laughs> I knew God would put that, be patient. I, about a year and a half ago, I, I hurt my knee. I was chasing a calf to band it. He didn't want to get banned, but I wanted to band it. So I chased him and I twisted my knee when I was in the mud. And I knew that I did something probably that was, um, a, I, I was assuming like a meniscus tear because I had a surgery on my right knee with a meniscus tear as well. Um, so I said, I'm just going to go right in the doctor. So I went into the doctor. And I said, I hurt my knee. He was when? I said yesterday, fix it. I'm hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, and I've completed it's 2,600 miles, and I have 1,200 miles left. I'm going to need to hike 1,200 miles. It's broken. Fix it. He goes, well, we just we just don't fix it. We got to slow down here a little bit. So okay, I finally got to a surgeon, <laughs> and when I got to the surgeon. Oh, I couldn't wait till he walked to the door to say fix it because I had an MRI and it says ripped, torn. Everybody's told me on the planet it won't heal itself. Now, I don't know if that's right or not if it won't heal itself. I'm just told that it won't heal itself. So, I just fix it if you can heal it. I said just need to fix it. Just 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 fix it. Okay. Surgeon's coming in a second. He walks in. As soon as he walks in, he looks at the thing and says, yeah, you need to be fixed. Let's fix it. I'm like, yes, that sounds good. And then (laughs) he left the office. After he left, he said that I will be giving you the person that will schedule the surgery, the surgeon. And this was Thursday, just to let you know. This is Thursday, last Thursday. I'll give you a a person that will schedule the surgery and and you can put it all in the books and those kind of things. So he walked out and this wonderful lady walked in. I just, just, she's just so full of energy and excited. She walked in and she said the words, When do you want the surgery? I said, Yesterday. (laughs) I said, As soon as possible. And she goes, Next week? (laughs) Next Thursday? I said, "Sign me up." Oh, that's five days of prayer. Oh my goodness, that's that's. I gotta preach next week. They're gonna do surgery on Thursday, and then I I gotta preach. I mean, wonder what that's gonna look like. Um, I said, "Sign me up." So they sign me up Thursday, and then I looked at the calendar and my insurance. Actually, all my copays are done, but my insurance was changes in October, and she said, "Okay, well, we gotta do physical therapy." I said, "How long does that take?" She said, it takes about you know maybe six weeks. I said, "Make it in weeks. Because if you can make physical therapy in two, and I could do all the appointments in two, give me six weeks worth in two, then I won't have to pay for the next ones. And she goes, I'll fight for you. I'm like, yes, let's get this thing done. So she she writes a referral, and I get the physical therapist that, that calls me up and uh, and says, hey, uh, we're well, going to do physical therapy. I don't know what this says, because it's kind of gray. It says, do physical therapy as fast as you can. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm like, let me interpret the Greek Hebrew. I'm a preacher. My insurance loses and I have to pay all co-payments in October. Get it done fast. He goes, well, it takes six weeks. Well, I said, do it in two. <laughs> so, so, so they said, okay, I'll do it in two. So I'm going to be completely done by October. Just let you know. Be patient. <sighs> <laughs> I notice myself when I, when I live in this world. I'll show love to anybody when I'm not patient. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like I, you just get absorbed in yourself. You just want to get it done, get it done, get it done, get it done, get it done. God in his wisdom, riches His wisdom. If you want to love, be patient. Tell the whole world. Be kind. We you know what that means. Don't boast. Don't be arrogant. What's arrogant? Arrogant is an exaggerated sense of important. An exaggerated sense of how I'm important and you're, it's a statement that you're not. I mean, that's the most crude thing I could do, a human being. I'm really important. Oh, that means that you're not. That's exaggerated. It's not a statement of love. Don't be rude, irritable, resentful. Do not rejoice in wrongdoing. You'll mess everything up your family, your home, your church if you rejoice in wrongdoing. Rejoice in the truth. Bear all things. Believe all things. What does that mean? It means don't just question everybody. I'm always right, they're not, so they say something, I'm going to question them. That's not not love. It just gives us a whole download of what we're supposed to look like. Hope all things, endure all things. It's who we are. Love God with our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love others as ourselves. And if we're not there as a church, we want to be there. (laughs) Because that's who we are. Just putting everything together is in a vision statement. What is a vision statement? Number five, a vision statement expresses your organization's aspirations, strategic goals, and plans for the future. We compiled the mission statement, and we compiled the vision statement, and we kind of kind of put it all together in the vision statement. And it says this, Jefferson Baptist Church, the vision statement is, we intend building up disciples and bringing people to Christ by laboring in prayer, by embracing the word, by Christ-centered ministries, by the gospel spoken on our lips, and by the fruit of the Spirit shining in our lives so that the world around us knows that he lives. That's it. It's our vision. It's what we wanna see that's going on in the future. We know our foundation of prayer is mentioned first, and the reason why is because we know that nothing moves forward unless prayer takes place. Embracing the word, we teach nothing if the word's not taught, period. So we're gonna embrace the word as much as we possibly can in this vision ministry in our church, that is an aggressiveness of going after people to give them Jesus. That's what all the ministry's focuses are. The gospel on their lips, if we don't have the gospel on our lips, we have nothing. The gospel on the disciples list changed the world. They didn't have the New Testament. They weren't preaching the New Testament. They were preaching Jesus died, Jesus rose, he's the answer. That's what they're preaching because they didn't have a New Testament yet. And then they showed the Old Testament that that's what the Old Testament is about, is about Jesus. The gospel on our lips has got to drive us. If we could just have that. The fruit of the spirit living in our lives. Now this is kind of a confusing one because you need to know what the fruit of the spirit is and how it works. What are the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience. What those are not is they're not commands. There's a lot of commandments about love. But it's not there when he's speaking of the fruit of the spirit. Not making a commandment. Love. You know why? Because you can't do it. He's not making a commandment, have joy. It's not a commandment. You know why? Because you can't do it. He's not making a commandment, have peace. I mean, if your whole life is falling apart and you hear the words commandment, have peace, do you know what happens? You can't do it. You're defeated right there. At a stop. If you look at every single one of those fruits of the Spirit, you can't do any of them. They have to be a spring that is blowing out of your life as a result of what Christ has done for you. you. You're following Jesus. You've been dipped in a vat. You've accepted the gospel. You're a new person. And when you feast on that, all of a sudden the spring comes up because these are fruits of the spirit as a result of something that's happened to you. So they're not commands. Never look at them as commands. Commands. We smile, we have peace, we're fearless. All of that is rested as a result of feeding on what we have. So as a church, we want those things popping out of our lives. Why? So the world will know that he lives. Then the last one, so everyone will know that he lives. That is our mission statement. That is our purpose statement. And that is our vision statement as a church. The challenge would be is how do I want to ingrain myself in being a part of it? How do I want to ingrain myself in being a part of it? There's a lot of challenges in there. Read the word every day. Pray every day. Worship. Get to know God. Love God. A lot of challenges in there in regards to our love and where we're going. But this is what we want to look like to a lost world. Let's pray. God, we just thank you that you are so clear. You put a mission statement right in the center of your word. And it's the most powerful mission statement on this planet. We know that because it's been tested by time. We know that because it's changed the world. I just pray, God, that as Jefferson Baptist strives to make it their mission statement, that your spirit would fill us. Your spirit would send us and your spirit would move us, God as we are in this mission to serve you. God, I thank you for purpose statement that you've given us, why we exist. There's no mystery of why we exist. We exist to love you and we exist to love others. That's why we exist. And it's very clear, strong, simple statement, God, in your word. Again, empower us with your spirit to do so. God, when we look at everything that is done through Jefferson Baptist Church, we just pray that we'll hold to your word in this area. We love you in Christ's name, amen.